1: Welcome to the Flyers Talk podcast. Lots to get to today. I'm Katie Emmer.
0: And I am Jordan Hall. We are your home for everything and anything Flyers related. And I am excited to introduce a special guest, Taryn. Making
2: her second appearance. Am I? Woo. Do you have other reoccurring guests? Am I your first reoccurring guest? Taryn,
1: I just figured you would be great. You you, you shared so Am many I? great
2: stories. Wait, so okay, we'll we get to that later. But um, last time you asked me like my favorite flyer story, and I was trying to think off the dome, and I thought of the <laughs> Joel Ferrer Beach Chipotle story. I came up with a better one, but like we'll, oh boy, we'll oh, save it. We'll, I was gonna we'll say we hot on a conversation. On that. Can't wait no. for that.
1: we will get to that. We we'll have a lot to get to, and um, there's so much with this team. A lot of excitement. A lot of fans jumping on this so-called bandwagon and I don't see why not I mean it's a great team to be cheering for right now and I think the whole city's excited about it big win last night and I could keep saying the same thing seven games back big win uh eight games for the Flyers they've won straight and uh what do we like there's a lot of positives in this one everything
2: every single thing I don't know. They like out caned the Canes last. Like they played a okay. Canes game against the Canes, but they did it better than the Canes did it. If that makes.
0: How
1: sense. many times did you just say Canes? Canes?
2: I'm actually sponsored by Canes.
0: Can-
2: canes?
1: Can- canes. no. Is this a re- Do you guys have Canes out here by the way? Canes?
0: Like like, like an old canes? person? No. Fried
1: chicken. Okay. Oh no, Canes fried chicken. No. Okay. Oh, you meant like something right.
0: that old people use to help.
1: Oh, okay and This can mean many things. All right, All right. We're already getting weird. I love it. Um but yeah. Jordan, was... can you articulate what I just said? I don't know <laughs> yes. what <else> to say.
0: <laughs> no, I totally see what Taryn was saying. And to me, the crazy thing uh that really has struck me is what they've done against the Blue Jackets, Capitals, and Hurricanes compared to last year. They were oh, ten and two against those three teams last season. This year, ten, oh, and two. Uh I think that just shows how much uh, they've improved. Uh, those are three playoff teams last year, and the Flyers just got a lot better. And, um, yeah, now so, they're in <laughs> an I was amazing, say, amazing spot. And Jordan Crazy. Hall has
2: an entire article about it over on my teams or NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. Yes. Go check it that out.
0: That is a great plug. Look
2: at that. You're She's welcome. plugging Cain. We plugging trying to work plug into in the Jordan game yes. We ran right. out of time. This is good. Okay. This is why we have her on. This yeah, is why exactly we have
1: her on. Right. Um, but you mentioned, Jordan, you have so many great numbers, like specifically for this season, but also, as you mentioned, comparing the last season. A big number. I mean, this is just a crazy, my crazy stat. No, I'm kidding. Eight goaltenders. Now you have two, and you yeah. have two solid goaltenders. Um, in comparison to last season, there's a lot of positives. Yeah, but I like how, how Rudy freaked
2: it? out about Brian Elliott playing against the Caps. I was like, they, he was in net when they won seven like, two. Exactly. Yeah, there was not everybody. There's a huge population of people that are like, why is he not starting Carter Hart? And I'm like, here's the thing, you don't have to. Yeah. Carter Hart for once Carter was injured too. There was a big conversation about. How do you really divvy up these games because Brian Elliott had played well? And I think Alain Vigneault wants to develop Carter as that true starting goaltender, and so he has given him a ton of reps, and Carter's earned them, obviously, in the way he's played. But it's not at all because of the way Brian Elliott played. It's because... They wanted to develop Carter and Brian to be able to step in in games where he needed them, and then he needed them in, in Washington, and he did exactly what he needed to do, and then Carter got to play last night where we know he's phenomenal at home.
1: 19-2-2 two two at home. Yeah. Hard there to argue. There wasn't
0: a bad choice there in, in terms no. of splitting up that back-to-back. Um,
1: The biggest thing, though, and this is like a common thing that comes up on our pre and post game, just with is this a concern? Yes. I mean, it's a great problem to have. You have two solid goaltenders. You can go with one on the road, one at home. And, Taryn, you talk about developing Carter Hart and that maybe, you know, what we're thinking Elaine Vigneault and the coaching staff would aim for, uh, Carter Hart being that number one. Is this a concern? Does a playoff team, does a team going deep into the playoffs need one goaltender? Is this a concern or is this just keep working it until something goes wrong?
2: Why do you need one?
0: When you can have two.
2: (laughs) Like, why do you need one when you can have two? I know it's like a very logical, but like... Do
0: you hate her question?
2: Like, why? No, 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 (laughs) no, no, I don't, I I don't. It is, I mean, it is... And I love Katie, but no, I'm just... I hear that come up a lot about, like, a lot of teams switch up their goaltenders when they're struggling in the playoffs, like, but no, that's not, I don't think that's been the approach of this team all year, except for when Carter would go kind of earlier in the season... When he hit that road slump, that a lot of the team didn't—I don't think—realize just numbers-wise yeah. how long that kind of road drought was for him. Yeah, I know because when we talked to them, they were like, "Really?" Because it was what he hadn't won a game since November at one point. Yeah, like, wasn't that yeah. nuts? Yeah. It was like since the Bruins. Yeah, yeah
1: I remember that, that. that. Yeah, on the yeah.
2: road. Um, but a lot of the team didn't realize it. Like, I don't even think unless we really looked it up, we never. It just isn't something when you're on the road with the team and you're around them every day that anybody really pays much attention to it's just if they need a big performance on the road for a while they knew they could turn to brian elliott and if carter was in net at home you knew you were going to win a game like that was kind of just how it went
1: yeah
2: and um i think when it comes to the playoffs if carter's playing well i think they'll keep rolling with him and if he hits a game where things aren't going the way they need to brian elliott has showed even after long times off long periods of time off he can just go right in there and perform yep. at, like a top-level goaltender. So and it's not just like Brian – I mean, Brian Elliott has made high-level saves in these games where he's had to come in after long periods of time. Can we
1: all agree that Brian Elliott has surprised a lot of us this season just yeah. with what he still has left in the tank? I mean, there's no underestimating <laughs> this caliber player, but he's sort of exceeded what I was expecting for him to play like this season.
0: To stay healthy, like I think that was everyone's concern was could he stay healthy? He has – uh, and then, yeah, like Terrence said, he's spelled Carter Hart a few times when the flyers really needed him too. And I think we forget he's made a career out of being a tandem goalie. yeah, so he's really he's really used to you know, going stretches where he's not playing, having to come in in difficult situations and kind of right the ship. He's made a career out of that and uh, I think that's what made him so attractive to, to bring back one year with Carter Hart. yeah,
2: and he coming into the season it was interesting because we got to talk to him this this season was one was the first time in a while, this off season where he got to focus on strengthening and skills and not rehab and health. And he said that was something where when he's at the age he's at now, the experience is great, but you do have to modify your routines and everything that you do to strengthen your weaknesses and also keep your strengths sharp. And this was the first year where he really got to focus on both of those things rather than essentially what is physical therapy and getting that core, you know, all those core issues back together. I think this year he really got to focus on taking his game to the next level. And we've seen that and just, I mean, I know this is a very obvious observation, but just think about how difficult it is as a player. When you come off of not playing for X amount of games, we see so many people come back and some guys do great and some guys battle rust and Brian Elliott does it on the regular and has fared quite well right and that just might be
1: with the years of experience too that he's been through um but this tandem question was brought up to Carter Hart post game last night um you know I think for them Taryn you could agree with us just they're pretty even keeled they're not going to sit there and be like yeah we know how big of an issue like they're just hey (laughs) this is working especially Carter Hart he's never going to say you know he's happy with it but or never going to say he's not happy with something he's always just sort of yeah you know just Chill. Yeah, <laughs> Usually I that's think, a good yes. description.
2: It's so interesting Interesting too, because last year it was everyone was concerned is that the pressure of being the future, being the savior, is that yeah. gonna be too much? And now it's the, is the even playing field of the way him and Brian Elliott played gonna be like, you know, yeah. the, the competition, whatever. And in reality, it's just, Carter is so in one part of his career and Brian Elliott is so in a different part of his career and the team is playing so well, and they all like each other so much. And Brian Elliott and Carter Hart both say how much they like being a part of this specific goalie tandem that I think it's helped both of them.
1: Yeah, and something, too, he said, it's a healthy competition. I mean, every practice, like, he he makes, like, for Carter Hart, Brian Elliott makes him better. And for Brian Elliott, he makes Carter Hart better. I mean – did I say that right?
0: No, you made, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said it 100%. Right. It's a, it's I a need way more coffee. But yes,
1: yes. So, I mean, it's a good problem to have. I'll say that again. My opinion, I, I don't really have that much of a concern in, until I see something go wrong. But you made a great point. Why need one? And I just, I feel like you may just need one to, make it deep into the playoffs just from what I've seen like any playoff team that wants a chance at the cup that wants a chance to make it even to the final they need a solid like number one and I mean hey if this is working right now which it is you see Brian Elliott 12-5-2 on the road and then for Cardhart as we mentioned 19-2-2 two two at home if you're working on the road and you got him and then as we saw Lane Vigneault he might just keep doing that until something goes wrong and hey I don't really have an issue with it if they're getting wins right
0: Absolutely. And I think they will eventually, as the games become more and more important, they start all to get to now. that. They'll start riding Carter. Uh, but it's great to have the luxury of being able to pick and choose right. your spots when you maybe want to get him a game uh, or, or go to Brian. So. But I think, yeah, as the games get bigger, and especially if, if they do make the playoffs, they'll they'll ride Carter for sure. Yeah,
2: like if you know Carter has, has faced his struggles on the road, although I don't think that's as much of a mental block as yeah. everyone thinks it actually is. It's, it's also the play in that, front of him, too, Yeah, that you happened. know that on yeah. this back-to-back, you have the, the luxury of putting Brian Elliott in, who can play very well against the Capitals in D.C. When you really need those points, when you're chasing the Capitals, trying to get that number one spot in the Metro, they're like, yeah, sure, we have this back-to-back. Well, this is just logical. We get to put Brian Elliott in D.C., we get to put Carter Harden at home, and we're playing to both of their strengths. So yeah. Yeah. it's great when you have one. I think you need at least one, um, and I think they will, like Jordan said, carve out a spot for Carter to kind of really grow into that role. I think they're trying to do it in a way that has as few growing pains as possible. But Brian Elliott is the reason they can do it without all of those growing yeah. pains and really pushing him to do things that – even how much he helped yeah, with yeah, Carter Hart Kledo being hurt. I mean,
1: he just jumped in and did the yeah. job. Yeah. Where would we, where would we, where would the Flyers be without Brian Elliott? And At where an would we time? be, honestly, quite honestly, what would we be doing Wouldn't without be Brian Elliott? <laughs> <laughs> wow,
2: that's a Jordan. Yeah, that big was, claim, uh, Jordan. I wow, I would hold that. my breath.
1: <laughs> um, Taryn mentioned the Caps. I mean, that was a, a, last night. You're, you're focused on your game, but it wasn't a topic for this team. Hey, even for Lane Vino, like if you're number one by the end of the night in the division, how's that going to feel? And, you know, they're sort of thinking about it, but they're also not, but they sort of are like, we would like to think they really I think are. They very much are. <laughs> and yeah. I couldn't believe this game. Like we don't care about the Rangers and caps too much, but last night we certainly were hoping for the Rangers to, to go, come out Nika, on top. Go. Yeah. With five goals, you guys, I think that's only the third player in Rangers history to get five goals. That's insane. It's insane. And I mean, just trying to keep up with that post game to like give an update. Certainly, you hope the Cavs would have lost in regulation, but hey, tied with uh, Washington as we wake up this morning, um, not a bad look, Jordan, definitely.
0: No, not at all. And it was funny. I was still up in the press box because I was trying to adjust my story uh, after the Flyers won because that Rangers-Capitals game was like right important. there. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be a, a huge adjustment to this story. Are they in first place or are they in second? So as I'm kind of like trying to get ready for the story um, and I'm trying to get ready for the Rangers game to end. The bar up on the mezzanine level just erupts in cheers. So a bunch of Flyers fans apparently just like flocked to that bar. Love it. They went crazy when the Rangers went up five four. And <laughs> it, it, they Isn't went,
1: it nuts how you you see like it's this time of the year and you're cheering for other teams to right. win that you don't care about, right, but you just
0: dude, want was, them. Well, and this is the crazy. <laughs> and thing. then they got real like the second after. Did you it, drop
2: a hard P? Yeah.
0: Tick oh. tick. They got real angry, upset. Almost spilled your coffee there. Yeah, might want to be. I that. think you're getting angry outside. Um, yeah. I was mad. Um, <laughs> and no, it was great. It then,
2: got mad spicy up on the balcony level. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go
0: <laughs> ahead. What? Mad spicy. Um, and no, and then obviously the fans got real mad when. Uh, when the Capitals sc- scored the tie it up and then go to overtime. But it was just funny and crazy and chaotic. Hey, you'll but. take it. Right I'll tell down.
2: you because last year the Flyers were playing pretty well around this time too, but they were trying to make that playoff push where they were chasing. And every game we were watching specific scores to see, like, okay, if Columbus gets this many or if Carolina gets this many, this, that, and the next thing. We were watching all of these scores and it was from such a point of like dread. Yeah. It's like... Just to get in. Yeah, when you're, like, getting a test back that you didn't study for and you're like, oh, my God, what's coming my way? And now last night I'm doing this post-game interview with Sean Couturier and I'm just, like, refreshing, refreshing, refreshing the app to see the Rangers' uh, DC score. And it's because, I'm like, we're trying to figure out if if the score is final and if they're in first yet or if the game ended. (laughs) And it's so bizarre to be in that position where, like, you're, you're score checking but to figure out, like, do we own the division right now? Yeah right. yeah, right. Versus last year, it was literally like, we need to get this many wins in this many games, get this many points, and this team has to lose, and nuts. this team has to lose, and blah, blah, blah. And now we're like, yeah, Rangers, please go beat DC, and then we have to root for the Pens this weekend, right? Which is bizarre as a Flyers fan. So to be We're rooting for the Rangers and Penguins in order to be in a certain position. But it's just so we can be in first place, so the team can be in first place in the division versus... And that's why I asked Sean Couturier last night. I was like, How much fun are you guys having right now? And when you get that like half smile right before he responds, it's like a big thing for Sean Couturier. And he's just like, Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, Because last year, the vibe was just so heavy. There's like a burden every game. Well, right. And they just wanted to make it in. People must lose. Certainly a good spot
1: for them to be in. Um, Yeah. And this was even a topic last night. Like, uh, at first, it was when we saw that oh my gosh <clears throat> okay we're
0: good we're good when we go
1: wash your hands. sing the birthday song i didn't i didn't cough in my hand she didn't. um w- but when we saw uh, like everything's just merging in my head this was about two weeks ago they find mm-hmm. you know the wild card spot we're like satisfied seeing them there and then all of a sudden they get up in this position like i just feel like we blinked and all of a sudden they're up in the division looking for first place How crazy of an adjustment is this from like, okay, we just wanted a wild card spot to now, okay, maybe we want to own the division. Like, what do you focus on right now? Just making it in? Or do you really want to stay up top? Oh,
2: you want to stay up top. I just think it's bizarre to even, and I don't know why it seems this way, but And I know you tweet out these great stats the other night. Since January eighth, they haven't lost consecutive games. Most goals in the league, tied with the Bruins from best stats in the the league league. from Jordan Hall. By the way, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. truthfully, I would be lost without him. We're not biased, but when you look at when the Flyers came back from that god awful West Coast road trip, and they had a back to back with Carolina in Raleigh, and then back home at DC, they were eleven points behind the Capitals in Mm -hmm. that game, and now they're tied for them in first place, and it's that was what, two months ago? I mean, that's just insane, like you shaved, and I know the Capitals have lost quite a bit, but you shaved off an 11-point deficit in six weeks, in eight weeks, something like that? Yeah. I can't do math, um, <laughs> but that's, ins- I mean, it's just, it is insane, and it's been so fun, but there have been performances in between where the team has not been happy, even on, in wins, where they've been, they've said, you know, first period got away from us, we can't do that, because I think they have this number one level team expectation. It's 60 minutes. It's every night. They don't want to be a team that makes it into the play- playoffs. They want to be a team that has home ice advantage and is more than capable to make a run. And I don't know, it's just so fun to see. It is such a it is such a crazy swing from last year. I mean, yeah. I, I know you weren't here yet, um, but uh, Jordan, like I know you the, – the vibe around the team in the dressing room, everything, even from the start of the season when we weren't talking about all this, is so crazy different it from really last is. year.
0: Yeah. And I remember uh, interim head coach Scott Gordon said, like, we were trying to ask them, like, what their focus was at that point, And he said he was preaching to the team, like, let's just catch one team. And then once we catch that team, catch the next. I think that war on them, like, you have to catch so many teams. Like, chipping away. Yeah, right. Now they're talking about, hey, like, we can, we can grab home ice. And now they're thinking first place. Um, yeah. The, there's definitely just a, drastically different vibe in the in the dressing room. Katie's it's not even close. That's
1: and Katie hey, brought I'd her like Minnesota a- <laughs> Oh, here we go. I would like to say Elaine Vigneault, though too. Even when I took this job, I'm like, hey, look at this. We got a new studio at NBC, new host I guess. And then the new coaching staff. There's just a lot of new going on with this team. But I would I would mm-hmm. have to guys, I mean <clears throat> I would like to think I'm a great good luck charm. I think you are. But Elaine Vigneault. I mean I, I brought this up too in my opinion Katie Oh, thank you there, kiddo. Appreciate that. Uh, anyway, so Elaine Vigneault, though, like I just look at this, too. I mean, even going home this past weekend, my brother's big fans, as I said, I have like two of them that are big fans. We're trying to get the rest of them to hop on. But yeah, they're four. The, yeah, the biggest thing is the uh, just so many positives with this team, and we're getting to a lot of those today. But I feel like we also forget this coaching staff. Oh, my gosh. Full coaching staff of all former head coaches. And I know this was something we'd brought up at the beginning of the season. But in times like this, you get two new players that come and jump in and do great things. You know, the first game was a little tough for Derek Grant because he's got to fly uh, cross country. But you see him really jumping in the last uh, few games now. And Nate Thompson, just these from that point and also from a team point where all new coaching staff, they didn't really know how, like how things kind of went. In the way that these three coaches have led this team, and especially Elaine Vigneault in adjusting and adjusting and kind of going with everything, being transparent to the media, to the players, um, overall they've really brought a, a bright spot. And it's you could see that. It resonates right there in the standings at this point of the season. Yes, there's still work to be done. you got to see how the rest of this year is going to go. But it's certainly a, a good thing to have this kind of leadership um, from the coaching staff, also from your captain and everything else when you're trying to make a, a playoff push.
0: 100%. And for me, the Flyers definitely had a nice offseason. They did. They added some really good players, but none of them were like going to blow you out of the water and make you from one tier to the next. I think this is the product of really quality coaching. The Flyers have 87 points. They had 82 last year. It's like crazy. You just don't make that turnaround in one year with just some nice additions. No, the, the coaching staff is really experienced. They know how to turn the page from a loss. They know how to prepare teams and they know how to motivate guys and get them to play their style. And
2: I think for as much as, uh, you know, I know we talked last time that I was on about how much when the Flyers acquired Matt Niskanen yeah. and traded Radko Kogutas to D.C., how many people were sort of saying this is somewhat of a lateral move and yada, yada, all that. Or when it was Kevin Hayes um, and the numbers were eye-popping, but I don't think a lot of people really knew a ton about Kevin Hayes. At that point in time or what he could potentially bring i don't think anybody certainly saw the way he's adjusted to philly i don't think you can even foresee just how well he's adapted to philly and and really embraced the city and the team but you also got two guys that have really contributed a lot in the dressing room that mm-hmm. i know we always you know all that stuff is nice but at the end of the day you got to get wins guess what you know how you get over losses you have a guy like matt Niskanen who kind of very maturely is able to hold everyone accountable in a very non-confrontational way mm-hmm. and say, I've won Stanley Cups, turn the page. Yeah. And you have a guy like Kevin Hayes, and Ian Lapierre has said this over and over and over again to us, and I believe Lappy was this guy when he was a player in locker rooms. You need guys when you're on that West Coast road trip and you're losing a ton of games and it's a time difference and it's this and it's that. You need those guys who make jokes, and make hockey fun. And Kevin Hayes had said right to yeah. us, I remind myself all the time, he had like a life-threatening injury. I remind myself all the time, I am lucky to play hockey at all, and I'm incredibly lucky that I make a living playing this sport at this level with these people. And he tries to love that. make everybody aware of that, and I think that does actually go a long way with people, as yeah. much as it's like soft and cushy stuff that people don't, doesn't really, you know, always resonate to people that that's important. but I don't play the game and these road trips get long and when you're in Prague for eight days and you're home for three days and you're in Western Canada it's for eight days season. and you're in Vancouver yeah. for five of those days. Like it does, it just, and all the back-to-backs in November, yep. you need someone to remind you like, yo guys, this is super dope and he's he's totally that guy. They added character that I think complemented the team in there and we saw what they could do at the end of last season. I mean, towards the end of last season, they played phenomenally well. I think they were able to carry over the best parts of those pieces, add really great complimentary pieces, and Derek Grant and Nate Thompson certainly have seemed to compliment it already. Yeah. And people might not think Chuck Fletcher has made the splashiest moves, but I think it's fair to say he's made some phenomenal moves. Yeah. <laughs> they he's, might not have blown up headlines. but yeah,
0: He's pushed so many of the right buttons <laughs> yeah. like, in terms of the coaching staff. His and just, season.
2: Season, just like yeah. gently deadline. Yeah. sort of – Slyly, not so loud, just putting the pieces together. And he, yeah.
0: all that he did, he didn't sacrifice much at all. He didn't sacrifice any young prospects. Um, he didn't sacrifice any core players. Uh, he, he got the, he made the team better and uh, they really didn't lose much. And I think that's a testament to him and the work that he's done. And they
2: still have a, yeah, they have a ton of years and young players ahead and yeah. oh call God, ups. Yeah. And I mean, Look at the Pro Roth deal, the TK deal that they got done, the Kevin Hayes long term deal they got done, the Sandheim deal they got done. You know, they've brought Joel Farabee up, got him experience. They've brought Morgan Frost up, got him experience. They've got him down there on top line to get tons of minutes. Like they called up Nico Bay Cubell. They got the most out of him. I mean, they they've made so many moves that are doing great for the Flyers right now, but also have years of potential good play in them as well, which is massive
1: yeah and when you talk about to the off-season acquisitions with jordan you know bringing in kevin hayes would be one of them and then taryn you're saying too he brings that extra personality which we always love to talk about the the many nicknames he Funny brings guy, and yeah. I, I know jordan and i during this trade deadline talk we were like huh i wonder what uh Derek grant and nate thompson's nicknames are going <laughs> to be from uh kevin hayes but just with that yes you certainly have the help of of uh players merging everything together but just going back to the coaching staff when you think about that you You land a player like Kevin Hayes, a very talented player, then you get Matt Niskanen. I mean, just the way that – I just would give a lot of credit to Elaine Vigneault, just for the way that you have such talented players – but you can't just like throw them out there and expect it. You really have to find the best way that these players are going to be able to work together, and that certainly has resonated throughout this season. And
2: let's not forget, because this was something we wanted to bring up last night, but sometimes we run out of games and broadcasts and stuff, <laughs> is that Alain Vigneault in December said he was still figuring out his team. He was asked, yeah. when you come to a new team, at what point do you like to have them figured out? Because at that point, they were still trying to kind of cobble together fourth-line pieces, and they seemed like they had had like five or six 4Cs come up, and they were trying to get G out of the middle to the wing, and they were still trying to move so many pieces around to figure out what worked. And in the middle of December, he said, I don't have it figured out yet. I'm mm-hmm. hoping that I will very soon. But, you know, I'm still trying to establish and figure out what works here and figure out who he has and really what type of players they are in the scope of a full season. Um, and then by the middle of January they go on the hottest run in the league. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just one of those things where you, you gotta give credit to him because as much as we joked about him essentially putting players in a cup like Yahtzee dice and kind of just throwing it out and seeing what works, he was willing to make the, take those risks and make those gambles and figure out what to do and what worked and what didn't and it seems as if they've kind of found a groove and I asked him about it before the game last night and he said, honestly, I think everybody came back from the bye week in the NHL All-Star break, ready to play and on a roll, and we got on a good track, and we got in a groove, and we've been riding that wave since. Yeah. And, I, I mean, what more can you really ask? He's yeah. He's got that experience where he's like, I know when to be hands-on. I know when to let it go.
0: And he knew, he said, I remember, Taryn when he was saying about December, he wasn't really sure what was he. And he mentioned he's, he said his first year in New York when he took the Rangers to the Stanley Cup final – uh, he said that team didn't figure it out until Christmas. Yeah, um, And you can see why he was so confident earlier on when he didn't know what he had. He was still confident that he was going to turn this team into a winner. And I think you can see why. He, he looks back at his track record and he sees like, well, yeah, that team that we took to the cup in New York, we didn't know what we had until Christmas. So um, that's why I think he was so confident. And gosh, yeah, you're seeing with time what he can do with a team with time.
1: You talk about confident. Can we just confidence with this team right now i'm uh, sky did that make sense can we just confidence can we talk about talk about, that? talk about confidence i mean the way that they're even going out there i'm just the <laughs> 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 so hockey <laughs> yes no and i mean i feel confident right now so, i'm kidding You're okay but a lot of things Ready? change when you One, have a confidence. Three, <laughs> three inhale <sighs> okay let's a go. lot of things change when you have uh When you have a confident team, and we we see that. I mean, you go in, are you kidding? You go into Washington, D.C. and take it from the Capitals. I mean, especially being down a goal, they come back. um, And that's nothing new for this team to be able to come back uh, and respond because it's definitely just something that I've brought up plenty of times, just the way this team has been so resilient to anything, any um, sort of downfall that they've had to come back from. But the biggest thing is confidence and you're talking about having fun too with this team. How much does that play into? Because I certainly think if you have a confident team and you guys realize like Kevin Hayes is saying like you need to have fun, you need to be grateful to be out there, just having good clean fun, right? I mean, that's seriously, it sounds a little funny, but it really is so important for a team. You need to be like really a confident team and knowing what you're capable of. And I really do feel like the Flyers have been that way proven by this eight game win streak.
0: I think so too. And Sorry to cut you off, Taryn. Yeah, but, um, yeah, no, I think last year, deep down, I think they knew they weren't even on the same level as the Capitals and some of the other better division teams. I think this year, deep down, they think they're better than Washington. They think they're better uh, than Pittsburgh. I think they think they're the best team in the division. And uh, I think that goes back to the coaching staff. It goes back to the additions that they made. Jacob Voracek said the other day, he was brutally honest. He said in years past, if myself, Claude Drew, or Sean Couturier didn't score – Uh, we probably weren't winning that game. This year, he said, it's totally different. Not only do they... uh not only do they stay afloat, they'll go out and score four or five goals if those guys are quiet.
2: This year, if Kevin Hayes scores, they definitely win the game. Yes. But if he doesn't, someone else will score. <laughs> what is it, Jordan?
0: What's the number? 19-0-1. Mm, that's bizarre. When, the fly- when uh, Kevin Hayes scores a goal, the Flyers are. I think, cool stats. Yeah, the crazy. thing that's
2: really interesting that Chuck Fletcher talked about, I want to say like back in, De- in December in a radio interview or something, he was talking about when he took over the team, he felt like he had a team that had a lot of players who had very high ceilings, but as a team, there were certain issues defensively, mistake-wise, efficiency-wise. And when he wanted to bring in a coaching staff, he wanted them to have a ton of experience where they could get the best out of players and also kind of minimize some of the mistakes that he was seeing occur kind of over and over again.
0: Um, Like simple things, like when your D pinches, you need your third forward high. Like the Flyers weren't even doing that.
2: Yeah, and he was saying – You know, I brought in Alain Vino because he holds everyone responsible. And if you're taking care of your responsibilities, everything else just kind of comes. And Alain Vino has said the same thing. I just ask guys to skate hard, be where they're supposed to be, do what they're supposed to do, and offense seems to be created out of that. If you ask TK about why he's producing right now, he'll say, honestly, a lot of it has to do with being where I'm supposed to be at the right place at the right time, and the offense just sort of comes. Same thing with Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes on shorthanded goals. Mikey always said over and over again, he's not doing anything except for what he's supposed to do. And then he's just got that long reach and that kind of attack sense in him, and he gets the goal and gets goals. It's very much a thing of they became very efficient at what they needed to do, and I think that gave them confidence. And from the confidence came offense. Yeah. And Alain Vigneault has figured out those combinations that are efficient, especially defensively, and from it comes offense. And when they struggle, they'll all tell you they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing, playing their game, and then they couldn't get offense going. Mm -hmm. And so its I know it's simple, and it's the same thing people say all the time, but if you ask the players, if you ask the coach, if you ask the GM, they gave – Alain Vigneault gives guys responsibilities and holds them to it, and then everything kind of comes from there. Yeah, It's not – Just have free reign, but then make sure you do this thing, too. It's, no, you start from the base and then work your way up. You don't start with the fun and work your way back to what's important. So it is interesting because, like you said, last year it was very – or in years past, it was kind of – like you could see it on Claude Drew's face. Like he carried so much weight. Yeah. You know, if he didn't play a great game, the team usually didn't play a great game. And now if G goes through a bit of a slump – I mean, maybe Nico Bay is scoring a ton of goals or the defense is scoring a ton of goals, so. Yeah. It's, it's very yeah. cool to see because it's such a How many well-dispersed times? effort all the time.
0: How many times has Claude Giroux gone us and, like, we don't even realize it. We're like, oh, G didn't have any points. And it's like, that's just it shows you how deep they are this year and like every guy is stepping up it's it's fun to watch it really is The
2: time between his 799th point and his 800th NHL point we had like a graphic and a yeah. video and everything made and we were just sitting on it and we kind of forgot like <laughs> yeah we're sitting on this and it still hasn't happened because I think they became the highest scoring defense in the league and yeah. you know JVR went on a run mm-hmm. and then Kevin Hayes has all these crazy stats where when he scores the team wins and you know, it it sort of almost is G is a huge part of the team, but the team is not solely reliant on him now, which is what you need to be a playoff. Just team, like I think. one thing
1: with him too, uh that I think about was that Washington game. You see Tom Wilson run at Claude Giroux and just the way that his teammates stuck up for him in that moment, but also in other ways, there was other things that happened. It was a very rough game and just teammates sticking up for their captain, sticking up for each other. It really kind of shows, I would like to credit Drew for that, but overall, you know, his leadership for this team and overall just the the leaders on this team, how how that mentality is just so team first, sticking up for each other. I mean, yeah, I know fights don't show up on the, well, they do show up on a penalty uh, score sheet, but... (laughs) They don't show up to help you with a win or anything, but I do think they they do when well, you have a team sticking up for each other yeah. and it really is a team effort. Last
2: night, Carter gets clipped by McGinn and Sean Couturier, almost who, ripped Yeah, off. who doesn't like? I mean, Sean's not. I don't think is not afraid to stand up for himself. But Sean's remember in not preseason,
1: to, we were like, why is he fighting? We yeah. saw Couturier fighting in yes. preseason. It was but like Sean's was not doing? trying to take dumb.
2: Is not trying to take dumb <laughs> penalties, especially against you know a, a divisional team, a divisional rival. But Sean Couture was just like, oh, not my goalie. Went over there and just starts knocking on him, and that's just this team really likes each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I don't think you can underestimate how much how far that actually goes. Wasn't
1: it? They went from killing off five penalties, solid five for five on the penalty kill in Washington, to last night not having one penalty. Right. Yeah. I, I mean so, yeah. in a back to back just that penalty killing too. gets tiring I'm sure oh, they were right. just like let's yeah. not
2: do that tonight <laughs> right
1: but they're playing smart at the same time they get the win in a back to back which I feel like they have handled that second game to or they've taken it for the, to their uh to their advantage sure. um I think it, it's really helped you know for for this team just to be fresh off of a, another game but it really was a bright spot just yeah. seeing them play so smart and also getting the job done at home i mean you can't really mess around like sean couturier he he's being smart about it yeah and if I, he if, wanted to rip his head off though oh absolutely <laughs> oh i
2: know and it was right in front of me and i was oh, sh- like yeah, oh right my god stand. that's right. i love i love when sean gets mad and when jake voracek gets mad because you just see it in their face immediately they're like do they say anything going going that you can say dead. on the
1: podcast No, no,
2: I usually like to see. Uh, they're not like Sean's not really a talker, Jake's hard to understand, but uh, I mean, no surprise, but TK and Scott Lawton are usually my favorite to try to because Scott's real witty, like, Scott is a great interview, Scott is very, very smart, him and Michael Raffle both, yeah. But Scott, I'd have to really come off, I have to figure. I should go at, ask him. Next time I come back on, I'll come back with a good Scott Lawton story. But Wait, Scott loves to How trip. about that...
1: Uh, Who was that, you guys? When they all came up to the bench and you had Lawton and TK, they all and leaned there was there.
0: Yeah! yeah. Like protecting yeah. Kevin Hayes. Like, Which was that? Tripping. Was that the Rangers? It was the Rangers game at home. on Friday. Last yeah. year, Last Friday night, was it yeah. the
2: Devils game when TK and Nolan Patrick oh were in the box gosh. together and somebody made a...
1: And those two are best buds. Yeah. Best and somebody yeah.
2: Somebody from Flyer Social Media, shout out to Flyer Social Media, made a great side by side picture. Of them screaming at Gabriel, was it that Nandiscar? was in the other box?
0: I don't think Gabriel was in the box, but he was the one that started up by okay. uh boarding. No Patrick. Somebody
2: was somebody was screaming from the other from the other box. Two devils were
0: in the box, yeah. And oh, you're telling devils. No Patrick
2: and TK. You see them get up in unison and they start screaming at the same time. And somebody from the screenshot screenshotted it and put first they're sour, and then you just see them sitting next to each other like <laughs> laughing about something, and they put and then they're sweet. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, like gosh. the Sour that Patch Kids commercial. That is. Tremendous. I was crying. Oh my god. So funny.
0: Well, I, I want to ask you guys, I know we've talked about a lot of positives and justifiably so. One concern moving forward, does does James Van Dyke's like, absence concern you guys at all?
1: Yeah, no, I, and I knew we had to address that. I mean, it's yeah. the right index finger, four to six weeks uh, with that. And yeah, it does concern me, but you guys, the way we've seen, Taryn's just talking about this depth. I mean, so many guys stepping up, Nick Obey, QBell being a great example of that. Just their depth. And even that that third line last night, talk about – I mean, yeah. it was insane. Even Tyler Pitlick lately, I mean, he's really helping out. So, yeah, of course, you see James Van Reem's like a big player, especially on the power play, a, a big player in different areas come out uh joel farabee didn't he wasn't super flashy last night he did have a big opportunity to yeah. score there in the third Joel but had
2: a couple and i was like yeah. bury one joel come on
1: that yeah in, and yeah and, yeah there's a first. concern there but you guys i see this team still playing but by the time he gets back from injury and when he comes back i think it's going to be just another exclamation yeah. point on a, a great team effort that they're still having
2: i think joel is sufficient like he can handle it he showed that he can handle it they didn't send him back down to lehigh because he couldn't handle the nhl it was because first of all joel's a very defensively proud player like he wants to take care of his defensive responsibilities and i think at times he ends up getting matched up with top lines guys and he i think he found at least from what i've heard from av and you know assistant coaches talking it's, they wanted to give him an opportunity to play in a place where he could flourish and keep sharpening skills that he has that he doesn't necessarily get to use at the NHL level because he's still – I mean, again, he played 40-some college games last year, and he's already played almost double that at an NHL level this year. So you're asking him to take a huge 80. step up, and he's done just fine. Mm. But I know they, they felt like they had the depth that they could send him to Lehigh, and he could work on refining parts of his game and – and really being just ex- so like excelling at that level, yeah, and getting his confidence. Yeah. I mean,
1: you're you're playing so much more than you would yeah. be, and just getting your feel for it. You'd rather have that for yeah. a player than sitting out or you know, yeah, and not so, getting as much. But I
2: think with JVR not here right now and having to call Joel up, you'll do fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just JVR has a certain skill level that, I mean, that truly only JVR has. Yeah. Um, and Joel's a much different player, but.
0: It's not a bad club to have in your bag. 2018 yeah, 2018 for round pick. It's like, oh, pick, shoot, you yep. have
2: to use Joel Farrah. Yeah, I mean, like, no one's saying that. That's right. not the case. Right. Yeah,
0: so. so I'm with you guys. I th- I think they'll be fine. I do think James Van Riems like, is a lot more valuable than some of like, the fans give him credit for. I think some people think he's just a goal scorer. I think he's got he's great a size. F- a
2: phenomenal assist he's ha- guy lately, too. I mean, he's, yeah. like, sets up below the goal and just makes these crazy passes, like, blind passes. Right. And yeah. I, the amount of points that... JVR's picked up on assists in the month of February. is yeah. truly impressive.
0: And but. the way he changes possession in terms of like when they get the puck in the offensive offense zone, he's so big, he can hold it along the wall. I think he really um, supplements Elaine Vigneault's system. So I definitely think it's an absence for sure. But no, I really think the Flyers' depth will be fine. And Elaine Vigneault had a good point pregame. He mentioned that like they haven't had Nolan Patrick all season, uh, they lost Oscar Lindblom in December. Uh, and it was the next man up, and they've had guys really come in and step yeah. up, and I don't expect that to change either. And um, man, that trade deadline is looking more and more important. Uh, yeah. With Derek Grant and Nate Thompson, now you have that luxury of calling up Joel Farabee to be your next guy up. Especially
1: so. when you see that kind of skate pass yeah, for no Derek way. Grant. Oh, yeah. it was easy. Little it was too Leonel
2: easy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what you <laughs> <Soccer>. said. It. <laughs> it's a soccer reference. Yeah. it's, a spo- it's They call it football in Europe. Stop <laughs>
0: yelling at me. Don't all right, you guys.
2: <laughs> yeah, um,
1: I think you know what you know what I. It's I think it's it, time for. Don't wait, can I, time can I can I tell uh, can I tell my Kevin Hayes
2: story real quick? Yeah, okay. I want oh, to sorry, do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. So last time I forgot. Sorry, <sighs> I don't want to hijack it, but no, we need um, stories. I can't wait for so last time I was trying to think, I was like, I know there's a good story I want to tell, but I forgot what it was, and so it was when we were doing the Kevin Hayes Tunnel Talk thing, we were like asking about all this stuff, whatever behind the scenes, blah blah blah, yada yeah, yada, yeah. and um. <laughs> And he said something about uh, like we're talking about guys' personalities and blah blah blah. And he says something about yeah, like I have I have a few like hidden talents up my sleeve. I'm not just hockey. And I'm just sitting there like, what are your hidden talents? And he goes, actually, I don't want to talk about it. And I was just like, are they inappropriate? Like, why did you bring them up? And he was just like, no, it's just that. So the other day, I told so okay. So I told the players, I told uh, G and Jake and Sean Couturier about it, and then. Sean Couturier did both of them, and then I felt a lot of pressure, and then I tried to do them, and I couldn't do either. <laughs> so it just goes to tell me like, how good Sean Couturier is at truly everything. Everything. And I said, what are the hidden talents? And he was like, okay, so don't laugh. And I'm like, okay. He goes, I can catch food in my mouth from like super far away. Like somebody oh throws my gosh. it from super far away, and I can do long division, but like really quickly. And I, wow. and I was like, that's so bizarre. And he goes, yeah, so the other day in the locker room, like they literally threw food i guess like across the room and Sean tree was able to catch it oh my gosh and then they asked him some crazy division problem and he did it in like three seconds (laughs) and then kevin was like and then i felt immense pressure and like i tried over and over again to catch i guess like candy or something and I couldn't do it at all. And then they gave me a much simpler division problem, and I couldn't figure it out. Yes. So what? It's just cr- I just it's not to knock on Kevin Hayes, but Sean is really good at everything. That is so wow. Funny. Yeah, who would yeah. have thought? Yeah, right. I'm not so that I, I, good. I
1: always try to do the popcorn thing, and it's it's pretty complicated. But all I can picture is those guys from like the other side of the room just absolutely chucking. I'm it. sure,
2: and I'm yeah, I'm sure if like Claude Drew was involved, like he just like. Wind out, threw up. threw like a 98 mile an hour fastball in <laughs> yeah, his face. It could, like, and it was probably hilarious. And he probably still caught it. I wish we had yeah. video of it so bad. Oh my God.
0: Imagine Couturier smiling you know, after he catches it in yeah, his teeth. Yeah.
2: Well, that's. I wonder if that's cheating. Like if he had his flapper in or yeah. not. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I just. <laughs> yeah wow. I wish I had video of it who would have guessed that that's great scary. sorry long would, division I, to, I
1: can't even do long division on a piece in, of paper with a teacher helping me so the only
2: math I can do are like stats for <laughs> and he can do it all in his head yeah that I do like
0: that's adding it. like simple like 2 plus 4 Yeah, it's 6 like, over 2 Jordan you're good at those it's numbers like 80, yes. you got those eight, numbers every NHL, day
2: NHL high 87 goals since January 8th plus they had yeah. how many last night yeah okay, that's crazy 91 right right and that is a crazy stat see I even needed Jordan's help with that one okay I'm done
1: I think it also is time for the hockey joke of the day, guys, before we let the you go. The Hockey
2: joke of the day.
0: Yeah, you should Whoa. you should make a little we might have to record yeah. that and play that every time. Yes. yes.
2: The hockey joke of the day.
0: You have such a nice Jokes. voice.
2: My share impression's great. Okay. That's, there's no <laughs> that was for, awesome. There's no time for that right now. All right. So
1: usually a lot of these just go right over Jordan's head. So I hope you so get just it. Listen closely. I
2: know, I've been here before.
1: Um <laughs> What did the, or how did the cowboy get to the hockey game?
2: Don't, don't tell me. Uh, I don't know.
1: He took a Zamponi.
2: <laughs> did you come up with that?
0: No. Hey, hey. That, No, that was good. Like, no, I, that
2: was no, good. That. <laughs> And that Katie, was nine your point six. Joke that,
1: was a that was a good one.
0: That was fun. I don't
1: think I've had a nine point six yet.
0: It didn't go over my head. I thought it was fun. Jordan, wow. Okay. Jordan's the Tenry, nicest was,
2: person there ever was. Oh, yeah, okay. I
0: will. I will always support that you guys was a in all joke, that good But right? do
2: you even ride ponies? Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I'm just from really New Jersey. Small. I don't know about <laughs> <laughs> the animals.
1: Cowboys, the the zamponi. Get it, zamponi, zamponi. Yeah. There we go. Anyway, this has been a fun episode. Wow. Happy Friday, guys! Happy Hopefully, Friday. this team will continue on their winning ways. Big game uh, tomorrow.
2: Tune in at six, p- six, 30, six thirty p.m. for Flyers pregame live. Yeah, That's, featuring tomorrow KDM, would be Saturday. And, and catch Terren
0: on pregame live and during the broadcast.
2: And yeah. catch catch Jordan
1: up in the, the press box writing eighteen stories a night. Because he never sleeps we'll and he have, keeps working. We'll
2: have Ivan Provorov on pregame tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. it'll oh. be good. He's yeah, always gonna a good
1: interview. It's going to be lit.
2: That'll be fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Thank you, as
1: always, for listening to the Flyers Talk podcast. I'm Katie Emmer.
0: And I'm Jordan Hall. Taryn Hatcher, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Uh, wherever you get your podcast fans. You're uh, welcome. Rate us and subscribe us. And Taryn, thank you again. Just thank I'm subscribed. you so much. I'm
2: subscribed. Subscribed. I'm subscribed. I didn't rate yet. I'll rate us. Let's get off.
0: M rate us. (laughs) Thanks everyone. (laughs) All right, guys. See you next time. Five
2: stars. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car.